Welcome to another episode of Said Your Nan, a podcast tackling the stigma of men's mental health. Proudly presented by On The Men Charity. My name is James. And my name is Stuart. We're just two guys that got together to raise awareness on men's mental health. During these episodes, we will talk about important issues facing men and their mental health. We are by no means professional and the opinions in this podcast are our own, but please feel free to join in the conversation. Each episode will see us discuss different topics to help everyone better understand the ways that men deal or don't with their mental health. Overall, our aim is to get people talking. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are we doing? Yeah, good. Thanks. How are you? Yeah, we are very, very good. Very good here. We. That's my split personality talking again. I am very good. How's the uh, How's the week been? Ju, uh, you go first. How's your week been? Yeah, good. Um, if anyone remembers, I was moving house over the last few weeks. I finally moved to sunny Sheffield, and it is sunny in Sheffield today. Very sunny, to the point of where I'm sat here melting, much like everybody else. Uh, so, yeah, into the house, nice and safe. We have one special room. that is the room that is not spoken about, which is because it's where all the boxes are that no one's allowed to look at. Sex dungeon. For the rest of the house, it looks lovely. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. That's me. Other than that, work and shit. So. Good stuff. Steve, how you doing? What you been up to? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, start of the week was a bit shit. Had a bit of bad news as we lost a family pet. But other than that, it's the week's been all right. Like you guys, it's bloody hot here, which I hate the heat. Um, but yeah, for me, just kind of just same old, same old, really. Same shit, different day. Yeah, Sorry to hear the uh, loss of your pet. Just yeah. Uh, Cheers. Thanks, guys. Never, never good news. So uh, yeah, hope everything's okay. Yeah, very sad. Very sad to hear. They're only a small part of our lives, aren't they? But yeah, yeah, they're kind of whole lives, which is uh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, very sad. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I I think for me, I'm just sitting melting in my seat at the moment. It's uh, it's very very hot, isn't it? So uh, I I am sitting in a pair of underpants just to warn everybody because uh, one, I only just got back in from uh, from a jaunt down the country from Sheffield, and two, it's too hot to wear any clothes. And I think you're you're lucky that I've even got pants on at this stage. I wish you'd just turn your camera off, though. We don't need to see it. <laughs> <laughs> We can only be thankful oh. that this is a medium based on audio rather than visual. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nobody needs to be seeing that. And there is a bucket to the side so I can take them off and just ring, ring them out. Right. So today's episode, something a little bit different. So um, I saw a video on TikTok a couple of weeks ago um, and we'll play it in a minute so you can you can listen to the, the audio on it. Um, in fact, Fuck it. Let's do that now. Let's let's play the audio now, and then we'll come back after that. Cool. Okay, okay. Here we go. I want you to do an exercise. I want you to go to where you live one evening, whether it's your house, your trailer, your apartment, whatever, when there's nobody around. The wife's gone. The kids are gone. If you got wife and kids, the dogs are outside. The cat is upstairs sleeping on the bed, whatever. The TV is off, the Xbox is off, your phone is turned off and slid in a drawer in the kitchen. Sit down at your kitchen table with a piece of paper and a pencil. And if you died today, write your obituary. What would it say? When you're done, look at it. Is that what you want your obituary to say? When you're done, wad it up and throw it away. And then start rewriting your obituary with your life. Start living your life in such a way that when your day is done, whenever that may be, you have totally rewritten what will be written about you. So, um, so that got got me thinking, and I shared it with uh, with Steve and with Stu, and uh, we thought it'd make a really good uh, episode. So, the uh, the premise of today's episode is each of us had a little bit of homework to go away and write a eulogy for our own funerals a little bit morbid i know but um the premise being that we're each going to give our eulogy and then we're going to have a little bit of q a afterwards and then uh, and then we'll wrap it up at the end and you know what i think is quite interesting about this is we've not spoken about really what the eulogy is going to start like sound like or be like in terms of how it's going to be written so we've probably all done it differently 
So it'd be, it's going to be quite amusing to see how we've approached a potential eulogy for ourselves. But there's nothing weirder than writing a eulogy about yourself when you're still alive. <laughs> it's the weirdest <laughs> fucking thing ever. It's the worst thing. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, so I'm I'm more than happy to lead the charge on this one, guys. I will go first. Uh, and then, uh, then you can quiz me afterwards. So uh, let me just whip this out. Hang on. <clears throat> <laughs> that was it just falling to, falling to the floor. I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. So I just had to, I had to do that. Sorry. Carry on. <laughs> right. Serious. Now we need some like, you know, morning music in the background. So today I'm going to talk about the life of, uh, James. Uh, James was a loved son, husband and father. James was married to Diane and had four children, Daniel, Jack, Paige and Jody. James was a very avid reader, uh, Stephen King being his favourite. He had a real passion for uh, Japan and also martial arts and spent time training in Aikido and Krav Maga. Uh, James was also a keen fitness enthusiast albeit a lot of the time using the motto, do as I say, not as I do, give me another cake. Um, in his younger years, James had the potential academically, but did not apply himself. Well, that's what his school report said. But it would be fair to say he could have done more. He could have moved further into education. He could have knuckled down and got things done. He even delayed passing his driving test until he was in his 30s. And it was fair. To, it would be fair to say that you know he went off the rails a little bit as a teenager. But would he have then ended up being the James that we all know, or would he have been different? So James passed away at the age of forty, and I wanted to talk about how James turned things around in his later years and got back on the right tracks. Uh, from a very young age, James enjoyed leading people and supporting them in achieving their goals. At the age of 17, he left school and started full-time employment. He quickly progressed through various management roles in multiple companies. And I think it's fair to say that a lot of James's ex-employees have attended today to pay their respects. And James always took immense pride in seeing his teams progress and achieve their goals and dreams. James spent over 12 years of his life volunteering as a school governor across multiple schools in Kent. He also undertook an extended role as a chair of governors at a local primary school during a very difficult period. After this, James worked with Stuart and they created On The Mend. Uh, the years that James spent leading people had exposed him to a real gap in support for men, particularly struggling with mental health. James was incredibly proud of the work the charity had completed in both directly supporting individuals, but also supporting other mental health charities. Finally, there's the Said Your Nan podcast. That was published with Stuart and Steve. A real personal achievement and something that James was incredibly proud of. To conclude, James always strived to help everyone. Sometimes to his own detriment, as he did not like to say no. He was very empathetic, but also played bad cop very well. Some of you may chuckle when I reference some of James's phrases. Are like suck it up buttercup or who the fuck do you think you're talking to <laughs> certainly phrases that would not be acceptable in today's modern working environments there we go wow <clears throat> so that was um i actually wouldn't reading like listening to yours just then i realized that i went down a very different road um to that um because obviously you you put quite a lot of effort, a lot of um, into uh, what you achieved, like um, what you call it professionally. Mm. Just what was why? Just just from a, from our from this perspective, is what made you lean more towards kind of showing your professional uh, achievements as opposed to your personal and, and family type ones. You know, it's it's interesting, right? I guess because, like, like I've said on previous episodes, I am a workaholic, mm. and I do live to work. And I guess that kind of comes through in terms of what I've put there. My my proudest things outside of my my family mm. is my my professional career and what I've put into that. 
coming yeah. coming from you know leaving school with not much and you yeah. know like I say almost getting to that point of where my life was a bit of a a, a, a car crash if you like and mm. to where I am now do you uh looking at that from because obviously the whole point of the exercise is to kind of look at how you would go forward do you think that you would change anything or do you think you would just still be content to have it all based roughly around what you've done professionally i don't i don't know really i mean i've given i've given eulogies at other funerals so grandparents and things and and when i've written yeah. those you kind of you know my my focus has been you know, almost chunking it down. So early life, midlife, towards the end of life. And I think as you, my, my kind of observation, and I'm probably wrong, is as you get older, work becomes mm. less relevant and you kind of forge a, a different kind of dynamic. So, you know, you spend more time with your your kids and your grandkids and you've got more time available to do other things. So I guess it, you know, that, that kind of professional achievements fall into the past more yeah i suppose yeah i suppose because when you i suppose when you like you've just said if you're doing eulogies for your grandparents who are like in their 80s they've lived a life but obviously you've you've written this eulogy as if you died now yeah so you would have, i suppose yeah i mean i hadn't even thought of it that way when i was writing mine i didn't think that i was dead now i just put i just kind of thought about what it would be like if mm. i were to die i didn't even think about the age so yeah, how was that for you writing it it was it was interesting and i guess you know I, I can resonate on the the kind of point of the task of um you know looking at your life today and if it's something you're you're proud of or if you're not proud of what can you do to change it so mm. certainly you know I, I take away the fact that mine's very centered around a professional career and what i could what i could change or do to you know give a bit more emphasis to to my family in it mm. but you're you're at your peak though aren't you in terms of the, your professional peak like when you reach kind of what's like 35 to 50 or whatever it is that's you kind of focus on your work that's the point you know you're you're the most desirable to an employer you've worked hard enough to gain experience so it's just on your mind isn't it it's mm. just that's kind of the, the, the go-to bit um and like, yeah that's interesting what you said you're right as you get older you die at a, a later stage in life you're probably more known for being the person you are rather than the worker you are. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think, um, you know, there's, there's a limit to, I'm trying to think the right words to you use, but you know, that the whole hobbies piece, again, you'd, you'd almost think that could be a lot more, you know, do I, do I spend enough time on doing the things I enjoy doing? Well, outside mm. of this, probably not. You know, the last Stephen King book I read, as an example, it took me six months to read it. I suppose it's difficult for you, though, or, or indeed anybody in your position, because you've got a family. So mm. it's not like you're a single man or you or you and your, you know, the wife are just you two. You know, you've got that to, to contend with. And I suppose really you're not, if I'm honest with you, I don't think you're going to be able to be at that stage where you can read a book and have an evening to yourselves until your kids are like all of them are 18, 19 or whatever, and they've moved out. Um, so as, but I think it is, I think it's important to kind of enjoy the things like that because you, no one's guaranteed tomorrow. Are they? Do you know what I mean? And that's the thing mm. you want to enjoy it whilst you're here. You don't want to look back and think, fuck, I wish I'd done that. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Right. Well, thank you for inviting me to your funeral. Oh, yeah. you're welcome. Experience. You're welcome. <laughs> In fairness, if it really was my funeral, it'd be probably you two buggers giving the eulogy. Hell yeah! And it wouldn't be like that. No, 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 no more than that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I think man, there'd be enough that you'd end up coming back and haunting both of us. <laughs> that's, a, that's a given. The question is, how bad? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so true. Ah. Oh well. Enjoys. Cool. No, thanks. Right. That's, no, that's all right, isn't it? So, yeah. It is. Who's going next then? Come on. 
Yeah, I'll uh, I'll go I'll go now then. So uh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't really. I'm never good at these things, much like Steve was saying. I didn't really have to to project them, but uh, I'll give it a go anyway. So um, here we go. Yep. So uh, I knew Stuart his whole life. We were very close. If I could say one thing about Stuart that stood out, and it wasn't his height, it was he always wanted to please people. If ever someone needed help, he always wanted to find a solution and would always go out of his way to fix it. Stuart was a proud father and stepfather to his three girls. He loved his family life and had left behind a partner he both loved and adored. They had planned to travel more than their later life together and live life to the fullest. He had found his soulmate and built his perfect family. That even included the cat and the hamster. He wasn't perfect and he would be the first to say this. He could be stubborn and selfish at times and some might even say he had an answer for everything. His mum would always tell him that he had the gift of the gab, which served him well on many occasions throughout life. Stuart made mistakes in life, but never meant to upset or hurt people. He would often decide that he would do something stupid or rash and feel like it was the best solution without thinking of the consequences of his actions or even how it could affect others. He loved his cars, often buying the most expensive car that he could find and sometimes finding much time to waste money on new body kits and super sound systems. Although, as he got older, uh, he got much better, mainly because cars came with better stuff. I know that he started to wish he'd done more of his life outside of his family, travelled more and given back more, just worked harder. He felt like he could have worked harder to achieve better, be involved in worthwhile things and make more of a contribution. Towards the end of his life, Stuart and his long-term friend James started a men's mental health charity and the Said Your Man podcast, something he was very proud of. I will miss Stuart, his love for KFC, fast cars and stupid humour. He was a character at times, always wanting to make people laugh and playing the clown. He often found it tough to be serious. Let's just hope he keeps people laughing, either with him or at him in the afterlife. Goodbye, Stu. There you go. Very good. Mm. How did that feel Energy. writing that? Uh, yeah, weird. A bit weird. Because you don't want to blow your own trumpet. I, mean, I can't reach mine, so I wouldn't. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's... You kind of, you, I was looking at it and going, do you know, do you know what? There, there, I've got some good bits in my life. There's some good stuff there that I'm actually quite proud of. But then digging a little bit deeper, thinking about other parts of my life, I was like, do you know what? You have conversations with people, you have relationships, you go through stuff, and you think of all the stuff that other people have said about you or things you can pick up about yourself and reflected on it. So it was a tough, tough write, but yeah, I think it was relatively accurate. It's weird, isn't it? Because like I think when you when you're writing stuff for yourself, you it, you always get that. I mean, I had this when I was writing mine. Is it's you always get that kind of like you don't want to go too much into it without it sounding narcissistic, yep. and and other people see things in you that you don't see in yourself, which I think is weird as well. Because then you hear th like obviously you don't hear it because you're dead. But like when people say things about someone like when you've had a eulogy and you're like, oh, you know. And obviously that's an interpretation of someone that they've seen that from that person. So it's, it's yeah, it's weird, isn't it? When you have to do it all yourself and think that's what yeah. other people would say. It's, I suppose it's, it's kind of back to that, you know, you're only as good as the legacy you leave behind, aren't you? Mm. True. You know, um, I think, I mean, for me, writing, it's easy. I don't, I don't know how you, you felt, Stuart. It was actually reading it was the hard part. Because, you know, I could almost feel myself getting emotional reading my own eulogy on the basis that, you know, you could, I could almost envisage myself standing up in a, in a church or a creme, you know, and, and saying those words. It definitely, I've, I agree with you. It, it definitely had a, I got an eerie feel. It was a very surreal thing. Read, because obviously you read it out, don't you? read it to yourself mm. when you're like making sure you did it or what have you. And when you read it to yourself, it's a very eerie feeling. To kind of read that, to think that that's what you you would never hear, but others would. Mm. Oh, that's so, yeah, a good point. I, I actually, you're right. Yeah, yeah. You you would never hear it. Yeah, and that's the point, though, isn't it? Right? Is that they're supposed to be giving that eulogy to talk about you, and depending on your religious persuasion, you're either thinking that person's going to listen to you from the bloody eaves of the church, or it's just for the, you know, purpose of those people in the, in the room. But yeah, weird. Just weird saying it. Yes. You're right. More emotion speaking than writing was pretty simple to write. Or mm. felt simple to write. Oh, God. Oh, I suppose it's my turn now, isn't it? Yes, please. Oh, okay. 
So today we gather to celebrate the life of Steve, a man who was not only funny, kind and loyal, but also possessed the incredible ability to bring laughter into our lives, even in the darkest of times. Steve's story begins in a town of Warpington where he grew up in a small, loving family with a great, with a great close-knit circle of friends. From the very start, it was evident that he was destined for something special. Steve's early years were not without their challenges. School was a tough place for him where he faced daily bullying. But what makes Steve truly exceptional is how he turned adversity into art. He discovered that humour was his armour and he wielded it with unparalleled skill. He made it his mission to ensure that no one around him would ever feel the pain that he had once endured. As Steve journeyed through life, he became a nomad of sorts, wandering from place to place, meeting new people wherever he went. His magnetic personality and infectious humour drew people to him like moths to a flame. Steve had the uncanny ability to make friends wherever he went and forge connection with them that would last a lifetime. But it wasn't just about making friends, it was about being a friend. Steve was the kind of person who would move mountains to be there for those he loved. Even when he was going through his own dark times, he'd muster every ounce of strength to bring light into someone else's life. That's the kind of person Steve was, loyal to a fault and selfless beyond measure. Steve's impact on their lives of those who were fortunate enough to know him was profound. He had a gift uh, to turn tears into laughter and transform frowns into smiles. And he was the one who was always lightening up a person's life and making every situation into a dirty comment, even when the weight of the world seemed unbearable. So today, as we say goodbye to Steve, we do so with a heavy heart, but also with a smile on our faces, because that's what he would have wanted. Let us remember him not with tears of sadness, but with tears of joy for all the laughter that he brought into our lives. Steve, you'll be fondly remembered as the one who could always lighten up our day, and the friend who stood by us no matter what, and as the beacon of kindness and humour in, in our lives. Your memory will always forever be a source of warmth and comfort. And remember us that not even in the darkest times, a good laugh and a loyal friend can always make the difference. Rest in peace, dear Steve. And may your laughter echo in our hearts for eternity. Thanks for being the shining of thing of our lives. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Signing off. <laughs> drop the mic. Yeah. Mic well, firstly, drop. firstly, I've got to say, have you ever thought about becoming a vicar? <laughs> no. <laughs> who's, who's delivered with such perfection there? It was just like, I mean, it's, we I gathered here I... today. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, that I was looking at it thinking, well, okay, well, that's what I've always ever seen in eulogies is where people, yeah. you know, say things like that. And it's really weird because I just didn't know in what format to put. I didn't know what else to put. And I keep looking at it and I was thinking, have I missed stuff out? And obviously I've missed shit. No, those that's really out. Good. Yeah, but, 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 but it's not. So the thing is, he's right. Cause I, James and I've looked at it from the perspective of probably a little bit different, I think, to a degree. To a degree, you've 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 very much gone straight in for the, you know, you've got people that are upset there. You've got people that are sad, and you know they they all know who you are, not you, but whoever's at the funeral. Um, and you, why wouldn't you say nice things about someone? Why wouldn't you pick all the beautiful things you could think about somebody and say them? You, well, I just don't understand why you wouldn't. You wouldn't go there and go. Uh, he was a bit of a prick, but uh... yeah, not not really sure. And and in and and for me, it's like so when you wrote when you were writing that when you and this is really important, and I think it's the same question to James as well, is when you wrote that, did you believe what you were writing? Because that's the most important thing. Is like you had to be a hundred percent sure of what well, you were writing in terms of your 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 belief in it. I mean, I I believed in the fact. I mean, obviously, in the respect that like. Yes, in in the fact that when obviously having going through school being bullied every single mm. day was fucking awful, and I hate and now as an adult, if I ever see people being bullied or I have, I hear of it, then I I will always kind of have to say something because I don't think that's fair. Uh, but also, again, like there are situations when it comes to like being there, I'm very much a people pleaser. Mm. So for me, even if like. I'm not feeling great. If someone else isn't feeling good again, because I know how horrible it is to feel shit. I try my best to make sure that they're not even again, like what James was saying, helping people out, even to my own detriment mm. um, on that. But the problem is, is like, I don't, I, I don't have the same. Um, I don't have the same kind of like draw towards um, career that, 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 you know, say James does. 
because to me i you know i don't i don't have that so for me it's all about what i do outside of work so to work to me is just a means to an end like you know i i i work to live you know not the other yeah. way around so for me there was no, there's nothing that i would put in my eulogy about my work do you know what i mean it's like yeah. you know he's he's worked here and everywhere he pays his bills blah blah blah, blah. yeah um, the reason so was, i said it was um because like, i don't i've not known you that long i've spoken yeah. to you a few times on the podcast stuff, but for me you come across very much like the way you spoke about yourself in the eulogy and many of our listeners people that we know that have commented on you being on there have said the same thing so that's why i said look do you believe it you know because it was i thought it was a very accurate depiction of you as a person from what i know so um you know that that was the point of this whole exercise wasn't it james is to Mm. get that you know how does someone look at themselves and and you know do you actually see yourself truthfully for what you are i think it's difficult isn't it because we are our own we are our own worst critic so absolutely actually saying nice things about myself was really fucking hard because i'm usually Mm. the first person to you know put myself down or whatever and i get told off for doing it a lot but like deep down i know i'm a a good person um you know i I mean (laughs) can we say the c-bomb have we dropped the c-bomb on here before yeah okay If, if not you can take that cherry go for it okay well basically what i say to people is i am a bit of a cunt but I'm not a fucking cunt. And that's the difference. Do you know what I mean? You can have yeah, a laugh and a joke. Absolutely. But I'm not, not fucking awful. <laughs> so you know, I'm not a saint by any fucking means. But then again, I'm not going to go out of my way to make someone feel shit about themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think we all get a bit like that. And I think if you can, if you can determine between the two, you're on a winner, right? If you're, if you're the second of the two, well... I think you'd uh, you wouldn't find yourself on this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> and yet here we are. <laughs> why? Why isn't Steve on this podcast? Because he's a fucking cunt. <laughs> if he was a if he was a bit of a cunt, it'd be all right. But he's a fucking cunt, so he's not coming on the podcast. Oh, well, I don't even I don't even think that it's you know, fucking cunt is the right phrase. It's uh you know, there's being a cunt and then there's being a horrible. Cunt. Yeah, you know, so yeah, and unfortunately, there are so many horrible cunts out there, and that's the problem. And I think that a little bit, a little less of that, and a little more of people just actually being nice, I think would would go a long way. I totally agree. Uh, a question to the pair of you: Then, would you do anything different now if you if you were given that button to go right go, and you were brought back at forty? So everything that you've like you'd live up to this point and everything that you'd said prior to that is still correct. Would you change anything now going forward that would mean the next, say, 40 years would be different? Or do you think you'd still go on and do the same stuff? I, I think, you know, I, I view it and, I, I, you know, there's there's posts like that online, isn't there, that talk about stuff like that. And it's like, uh, which is why I referenced in mine. Right. So if I hadn't done everything I'd done to date, would yeah. I still be me? Right. And would, you know, if I'm on a trajectory, right, and that trajectory will carry on for hopefully the next 40 years. Right. If Mm -hmm. I if I went back and changed things or had the ability to change things, the outcome might be very different. Do you know what I mean? And And I, you know, without sounding too too morbid. Right. We have this conversation at home because, you know, of what what happened to me with the car accident and the loss of my daughter. Right. Mm -hmm. And I look at uh, Jody, and I know fully well that you know if that car accident hadn't happened, Jody wouldn't exist today, right? So it's yeah. it's cause and effect. So you know, I part of me goes, I'd, I'd do anything to be able to go back and change that night and change what happened. But but actually, you know, as sad as it is that uh, I lost Paige, I've got Jody because of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you were brought back to life now. So nothing changes in your past. Yep. Say, so, for example, in your eulogy, and you're brought back to life right now, your eulogy up to that point remains the same, but you now go forward. Would you change, like, as you are going to, That would that make you, looking back on what you've written, would that make you do anything differently going forward? Would you change anything? Or do you think you'd still be career-focused between now and until you retire? Do you, know, do you think, looking at it and reflecting on it, do you think you'll do anything different or carry on doing what you're doing going forward i 
at the moment, I think I'd probably carry on doing what I'm doing. You know, yeah. might be able to change some things around, you know, finding time to enjoy some of the things I love doing a bit more. But, yeah, um, yeah I'm still very career-driven personally, and I think I probably will be for probably the next 15, 20 years, really. Um, and that's that's not going to change, I think. Until you do you know, it a second time. Well, this is it, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully, you know, as me, me children get older, that'll open up new new chapters in their lives as, as they, you know, get with partners and, you know, extend the family out that way. It might change my outlook on life. But at the moment, my probably next five to ten years is is focused on work. And, and actually, you know, I've said it to, to Stu before, in five years' time, I'd rather be doing, you know, this full time in the charity, yeah. working on that than, yeah. you know, than in a corporate environment. So that's that's where my driver is. So a quick question then. So would you, if you was to give advice to your kids now, like would you tell them that being career driven is the way forward, or would you would you not want that for your kids? So I, I I'm going to play this slightly different, right? So I I look at my dad. Right. Yep. And he's he's somebody I look up to massively because of what he's achieved in his life. Now, he yep. he left school with just his I think the row levels back in those days. Nothing else. No further education. And, you know, he's been MD of a couple of big companies now and been very successful. Um, and if I could I could be anybody in this world, it would be my dad for that in terms of his career and what he's done. So, you know, looking at my advice to my kids is you know, whilst an academic education is important, it's not the be all and end all, as long as you're driven and hungry enough to go out there and find what you want to do. I suppose it's difficult, isn't it? Because like you want your kids to have the best, but you also want them to do their own thing, isn't it? I suppose yeah. like you, you kind of, you want them to be like, look, look, this is what I did, you know, by all means, if you want to do this, but, you know, just bearing in mind, you might lose out on this or lose out on that. But again, I suppose that's I'm, I can't talk to that because I don't have kids. Mm. A pair of you have children. I, you've got kids, haven't you, Stu? Yeah, yeah. So, so to you guys, I see. This is the other thing as well. You will be surviving through your kids, so you'll live on through that. I don't have kids, nor will I. Um, so when I'm dead, that's it. I'm gone. Unless though, all those people that remember me are still alive. That'd be it. I'll I'll be forgotten. So that I don't have anything that I can pass on. Whereas I suppose you guys can pass on your how you are and your um what you call it, like your your, your drive and stuff like that to your kids. You you say that though, Steve. I mean you're gonna you must know people that have kids, right? I do, yeah. Yeah, and you're an influence in the life because you'll be present, even if it's not you know, as a father effectively but you'll still be a presence in a number of kids lives and stuff and i think you'll find that you'll still have the ability to be able to impart wisdom even if it is a very different kind of level so you you will you will definitely be remembered because someone will go do you remember steve do you know he said you know what he used to do do you remember this and so you will i think i think even though it won't be direct as in survived by i think people will remember you and i don't think you should yeah it's it's about your legacy isn't it like like i said earlier so Okay, so I probably a question for you then, Steve. So if you could change one thing tomorrow to start, yeah. you know, thinking about a legacy and how you would leave a legacy, what could you do? Do you think? Well, I don't know because you see, to me, I look at a legacy as being through other people. So a legacy is only there if people remember it. So in order for that, I'd have to have people there who would remember it and carry it on. I mean. I, I, again, I'm not a bit like you, to be honest. I don't really know whether I would change anything in the past. Mm. Um, I suppose the only thing, I guess, but again, every single every single thing you would change could I wouldn't be who I am now. Um, but I suppose the only other thing I think I wish I could have done would be, I don't know. I suppose I would say like put more effort in at school, but school was absolutely fucking awful for me, and I just couldn't. I couldn't concentrate through the absolute fucking dickheads that we used to go to school mm. with. They used to find it absolutely amusing just to fucking, you know, attack me on a daily basis. So to me, the only thing I could do is by not being at that school. But then if I weren't there, then I wouldn't have grown up with you guys and all this sort of the other. So I suppose the only thing really would be maybe putting more effort into stuff like that. But again, you know, I've not done too badly 
for myself. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not like, I'm not like um, high management or anything like that. But but I you do have it. a you have a level of celebrity status. I think. <laughs> well, yeah, infamous. I think is probably a, a better word for it. But yeah, I mean, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, if I hadn't done what I'd done, you know, I wouldn't be where I am now. Kind of like you know, being on stage and 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 um, you know, entertaining pubs of people and stuff like that so yeah but then that's the thing i look at that and think again like you i wouldn't change anything in the past not really even if that meant going through and changing people that you were with and surrounding yourself with it still makes you who you are so so, so just to talk about legacy for a sec right so this is this is interesting a bit of insight for you right so yeah um you know a lot of the elder members of my family who have now passed and gotten they used to recall yep. my fourth birthday party Right. And they'd always right. recall that boy, Stephen, being at my fourth birthday party. And he was the one telling all of the jokes and doing impressions of the teachers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Ooh. So but but that's that's the the legacy you leave with people and the lives of people you touch as you go along, you know, um, that you might be oblivious to or not aware of. But actually, it's that wider impact. I mean, it's nice to be remembered fondly. Obviously, no one wants to be remembered as 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 that. I yeah. think it's um, you know, it, it's if if my legacy is that people look back and go, oh, it was he was a good laugh. He used to have a good laugh when we used to go out with him, or whenever you're around him, you know, he always made you laugh. That's what that's all that matters to me, you know. And if people see that, you know, I'm was nice, that's all that matters. I don't need I don't need someone to you know to kind of say you know I've changed the world or anything like that if I just made a little bit of impact on some people so that they weren't miserable just for one day or just for an hour, that's, that's all it has to me. But, but a blue plaque outside your house would be nice, right? Oh God, that'd be <laughs> lovely. Yeah. <laughs> we can arrange that. We can. I got one of those for my nan. Uh, I've ever told you this quiet. story. Yeah, oh yeah, I I I played probably the biggest prank ever with the help of my dad, right? So so my nan, bless her, you know, dearly departed she is now. She used to have this yeah. big thing about her being the longest living resident in her road. Right. It was always I've I've been here the longest, I was here before everybody else, right? So I, I went online and I ordered a blue plaque for her house and I mocked up a fake letter from the Orpington Historical Society. Right? <laughs> And I got it delivered to her house by special delivery. And I just made sure that I was there that day when it got delivered. Right. So this, this blue plaque turns up awarded to, I won't say her name on here, you know, longest living resident of the name of the road from this, this date to this date and the letter, you know, dear, just like to, you know, in, in, you know, recognition of your longest living resident of this road, we're awarding you this blue plaque to display outside your house, you know, (laughs) And she stuck it up and it stayed there for years until I finally, and I mean, it stayed there till she died. Cause when, when she finally found out it was a gag, you know, she did see the funny side of it, but she left it there. She was proud of it. Used to show it to people as they turned up to her house. Fucking genius. Absolutely genius. <laughs> oh. So, right. That's enough of me. Right. Stu, what about you? So what, what would you change? What would you, would you go and back and change anything or? I don't think I'd go back and change anything as such. Cause I think, I agree with what you were saying is you you're kind of defined by the mistakes or the decisions mm. you make and it, it takes you on the path you, you go on. I think if I was to change anything future wise, I think I'd probably I'd probably stop being a bit of a dick sometimes. I can be quite stubborn. I certainly I'm a bit stubborn, I can be quite selfish about stuff. I don't think before I act sometimes. I think I need to to work on that. That but writing that eulogy was exactly what I needed because you read that and go, Well I wrote that because that's that's kind of what happens. Now I've written it, kind of like it's real. <laughs> I suppose it's real. That is actually yeah. kind of true. Um I suppose if I was gonna go back and change something a little bit maybe, I probably would have been, if if anything, I probably kind of wish I would have taken higher risks with certain things that I'd done. So I'm quite a risk taker generally anyway. I'll go and do something stupid and hope it pays out and just worry about the consequences later. But, you know, I used to look at some people that I knew that used to just do some real risky shit to try and earn themselves, you know, a decent career or some 
good money or get themselves well known. Like for me, I, I couldn't, when I say risks, I mean, I always wanted to be in music. You know, I wanted to be a professional musician and I never worked hard enough because I was earning good money to stop doing that and earn nothing to try and do the best I could to become like a famous musician or a, an artist of description. If I didn't have the balls to push it like that. You know, you listen to artists like Ed Sheeran spent most of his life sleeping on sofas in London and, and you know, had no money and just rattled around London till he got heard. I didn't have the balls to do that. So I wish potentially I would have had the balls to do something more towards my dream. But like we said earlier, where would it have taken me? What would have happened? Mm. I'd be now if I was a success like that. But you just don't know. And, and I'm very content with my life now. I'm very lucky and very happy. But That's the thing, though, isn't it? If, you, if you'd done that and you'd spent time like Ed Sheeran and you'd spent time on people's sofas and you, you, know, you haven't done this and the other to try and be and then nothing happened of it you'd look back on it going i wasted <laughs> so much time sitting on people's sofas trying to play guitar yeah you know that kind of thing it's 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 crazy yeah. yeah you can't look back and go what if because of the what if could quite easily be not the what if you were expecting <laughs> it's like, well if i'd done that i could no because you're different people with different attitudes and that <laughs> yeah but but um i'm not ginger um but but generally you know it, it is what it is I think just working on myself a little bit more is probably all I'll take out of the day. So. I was going to say, so what's the, what's the look forward for you then in terms yeah, of after it's a, that? It's a bit, it's be a bit, be a little bit kinder to others. I think really just think about people more often would would be helpful. But in China shop, you'd kind of become more sheep in a China shop. Oh, I don't know. You've always played the Maybe. good cop. Yeah, that's a work, mate. <laughs> Oh, right. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but come on, think about it. Think of our conversations off air. Oh yeah, when we're talking about it. so yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, you know exactly what I'm like. Um, but what about you? What what about what's your take from this? What's your actual go forward take from this? What have you gained from this whole scenario? What have I gained from this? I guess it's interesting to analyse. And, and really kind of put pen to paper and think about what you've achieved in your life and think about whether you're proud of it or not. Or, um, and I think, you know, ultimately, or broadly, should I say, I am proud of what I've achieved. And I think it's just more of the same, really. So if I can, you know, keep pushing myself, um, both, you know, professionally at work, but also personally and keep up with the, the charitable stuff that we do keep keep supporting local communities keep uh you know working in school governance as well because that's another big uh, important role that they need volunteers for um and i'd love to get back into you know martial arts and doing more around that again i, I do miss those kind of full contact sports so i'd love to get back into to that again good and it's nice that you can pick that up from this whole mm. scenario and think about it more I mean, what about you steve is you do you have a is there something you could say you've taken from this by just being involved generally or i i suppose it's like for me it's it's been quite a good exercise like i said before i'm, I'm genuinely quite or generally quite um hard against myself so whenever someone gives me a compliment i don't like it at all i guess it's i find it so fucking awkward like my other half does it all the time like he always says nice things and i'm all like eh, and he's like stop it and i'm like i can't help it so i suppose doing this has allowed me to kind of actually really think about me rather than the the insecurities that i've got so it's allowed me to kind of actually genuinely look at myself and think yeah you know i know i put myself down but i'm actually not that bad i am genuinely this person that i read out in that thing and i think it's it's one of them things that i'm hoping going forward I can remind myself of that when I am quick to kind of put myself down. So I'm hoping that that added slight added confidence will help me going forward. Oh, good. good. It probably won't at all. Like I'll still sit there and, and, and say bad things about myself, but still, you know, yeah, you send them into there. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, like, I'd, like, I'd just like to think it would. Yeah. There you go. Done it. I thought about it. There we go. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, and done. Yeah. yeah. Oh, almost, you, you know, you get to a point where you could a achieve things in your life as you go forward and go, well, that could be mentioned at my eulogy. 
Yeah, I mean, well, I mean that is one of them things that I don't think you ever really think about, though, is it? You never go, well, wow, I'm going to write that down. When I'm dead, they're going to love that shit. <laughs> Depends what your plan is. If you want a pre-read, exactly. you know, yeah, pre-read eulogy, you know. <laughs> well, yeah. Job done. Yeah. Gathered here today. Just like to make everybody aware, James has written his own eulogy. Um, yeah. It's when they're going through it and it's, you've got the list of all the things that you think you were going to do and they go, and he, no, he didn't do that. But he didn't, no, he didn't do that either. Okay. Well, he didn't manage to do a lot of these things, but he wanted to and that was the main thing. I, I was actually thinking of like the wheeling the television screen into the middle of the, you know, the church and playing a DVD. And, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm thinking of the, uh, the Father Ted Christmas episode where he wins the Golden Cleric Award, right? And he's like, you know, now we move on to the people that have really fecked me off over the years. And he's got a stack of paper next to him and just starts reading names. You know? it's like... <laughs> I thought you were going to go down the route of the IT crowd where uh, Renham's at the front of the, he puts the video on, doesn't he? And he goes, um, now turn this video off now. We don't want everybody else to hear this. I've been embezzling things. I expect you to just. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, <laughs> and one of your kids running in going, Father! well good exercise right. yeah well, well yeah. spotted yeah that's um yeah it's a fun episode but well, look at that we're on at 45 minutes we've done quite well we've, we're cracking through so let's wrap up shall we bang on yeah, let's well, uh, no no you're you're always welcome on and uh hopefully we can uh, we can see a bit more of you when we launch into season uh season three later in the year well, I'm always here when you need me. Excellent. I'm when he said like when he said see a bit more of you, he was on about what we were going to do for the new cover. <laughs> oh <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> I assume you wanted to decrease the amount of people that listen to this, right? Because if that's the case, go right ahead. <laughs> we're just appealing Take to a different kind of community. That's so, it, yeah. There is no community that wants that apart from maybe nymphomania. Uh, uh, necromaniacs or whatever the fuck they are the people that have sex with dead people just to be very clear there's a very big difference between a necrophiliac and a nymphomaniac <laughs> well you, you could be a necrophiliac you could be both yeah, i was gonna say yeah god yeah Jesus get, get, that, get that right yeah oh, oh. so oh, for, before we wrap let's do a quick recap of the episodes we've had in in season two all right so we we opened season two with with nan boobs where we were talking about body positivity then we did uh an episode on domestic violence um we did an episode about uh family life we've done an episode on uh only fans and the sex work industry we did uh bad nan we did uh the episode where steve steve joined us the queen on the scene as it was um we then did um army nan where we were looking at army as a career and the effects on mental health and then we did uh a uh, special episode with Stuart giving some insight into his background and, uh, you know, why he's got such a vested interest in mental health. So it's been quite an eventful season, I think. Hmm. Been a lot to talk about. I forgot it was the last episode until you started bracking through them. Yeah, I mean, well, you can just crack on if you want. I've, you know, yeah. I think we've I think we got a well-deserved rest for a couple of months. <laughs> I think we have, yeah. yeah well, before you know, it's going to be bloody Christmas. Oh. Thanks for You're that. welcome. We're ending, on, we're, we're ending on such a high. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Let's let's try and bring it back round. Right. Gags. Who's got a gag to tell? Um. Don't all jump at once. This is this is I really. I, I knew this was going to happen, and I'm, I've been trying my best to try and find one that's appropriate, and I couldn't. God, so I'll go first then. Right. While you while you two busy Google away. Right. Well, don't mind. Shut up. <laughs> What's the difference between a light on and a hard on? <laughs> go on. You can go to sleep with a light on. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't. <laughs> I've always liked that joke. That's make me smile. It will never not be funny. Yeah, but it's one of those jokes that will never not be funny. No, so, no, I agree. Um, right, go on this. I've, I've got, I've, I've got, um, I've got one that's going to upset a few people probably if they're invested in this particular game, but. Uh, I was playing chess with my friend the, the other day. He said, let's make this interesting. So we stopped playing. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, I can't, I'm trying to think of, I'm literally trying to find one that's actually good. Um, 
It's fine. We can no. cut the awkward silences out, you know? Okay. You'll probably end up cutting the joke out, to be honest. <laughs> uh, just met a scouser who has a job. I was so impressed and nearly bought a big issue off him. <laughs> probably, probably don't put that one in. <laughs> That's definitely staying in. <laughs> That's definitely staying in. Uh, we could do an entire episode of jokes, couldn't we? <laughs> Well, we were talking I mean, the other day about doing that special, weren't we? You know, having the drinking and the, the joke telling that you see on some of those TikTok videos. I think that'd be quite good fun to uh, to get together and do. Oh, definitely. definitely, it, would, definitely. it would definitely have to be one of them ones where you're like, you know, you, you literally kind of uh, put a disclaimer at the beginning of it to say, yeah, um, some of these jokes are not going to be uh, suitable for work or for those who are easily offended. We'll get you to do the disclaimer, Steve. You, you can get your mate Patrick to record yeah. it for us. <laughs> yeah, I'll sort that out. I'll get him to yeah. record that for you. Good stuff. I um, I just found the joke that I was going to use, but couldn't remember it. And it was the other day, my wife asked me to pass her lipstick to her, but I accidentally passed her glue stick. She still isn't talking to me. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Synchronized, yeah. Okay. Fucking Let's hell, better late than never. Yeah. Well, I couldn't. In the words of Jeremy Clarkson, you know, on that bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, it's always good yeah. to have you, Steve. Thank you for joining. Thank you very Steve. much. Yeah, yeah really it's been a pleasure. Um, we'll hope to see you, like James said, a little bit more in the new season, um, which would be yes. good. As, a, as, as we creep closer ever to it and uh, James it's been a pleasure as always another 10 episodes of fun and laughter absolutely absolutely it's good fun and uh, we will do it all again in a couple of months time good stuff so uh, look forward to speaking to you chaps then look forward to speaking okay. to you then see you later yeah, right, take care cheers guys speak to you soon bye Sedjournan at onthemend.org.uk or at Instagram, Twitter and TikTok at Sedjournan. If you'd like to donate to the On The Mend charity, please feel free to buy us a coffee. The link can be found in our show notes. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we will speak to you soon. <laughs>